0: Actually, I don't want to respond right now. Let me just – can I just sit with what you shared and let me gather my thoughts and then we'll continue. Um, But not to be the devil's advocate, but doesn't that even
1: to some degree bring it back to you? Yeah. I mean,
0: (laughs) I am so enlightened and in in peace with myself that (laughs) I just have to sit with this. I want to see how
1: I feel. No, I mean,
0: I get it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to episode 10 of the Advice Not Given podcast. And today, Kelly and I have a very... Uh, interesting topic we want to bring to the table, but what one... Claire, what'd you say? I can't hear you. <laughs> I, I haven't even given the name of it yet, but I was gonna say <laughs> it's one where life is imitating art or art is imitating life, and that topic and issue is listening.
0: What? Did you hear me, Kelly? Listening, I did, but I was thinking about what I wanted to say next, so I didn't catch the whole. <laughs>
1: Right. So we have this episode today and it's one where, you know, like many of our episodes, we are trying to take things that we deal with or struggle with or come in contact with in our own personal lives and bring it to a conversation where we can help each other work through it and um, brainstorm. And in the process, we're hoping that you, our listeners, are also gaining some kind of insight from this as well. And for this particular episode, a couple of weeks ago, Ryan and I were having a conversation. He, well, I say conversation. He was telling me (laughs) some things about his day. Um, And as a super, super introverted Enneagram One, he doesn't always do that. So for him, this felt like a big deal and a big revelation to share some of his feelings with me. And I was just, you know, asleep in my own world, like I always am. And I just dive right back in and respond. And he corrected me and stopped me and literally used something that he uses at work (laughs) to kind of like jostle me out of this uh habit that I am I guess guilty of of doing. And that is I kind of poo-poo on what other people say just to get my own feedback in to the conversation. So I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna push back on that a little bit because you yeah. are a great listener for me. So I just want to give you a little praise Aww, and thank <laughs> you. Say thank you for that. Um but I definitely can see where when you get comfortable, especially in a marriage relationship, you like let your uh, you stop. What are you crossing your eyes? Dot your T's as much. You know what I mean. You're not standing mm-hmm. on as much ceremony, so you're kind of always like having your own sort of um, interchange in your head, and you don't filter that as often. Um, and I also love the fact that you guys are on that kind of level where he uh, can offer that to you, and you not <laughs> like storm out the house. <laughs> Well, did there was you? no
1: storming because we were in the vehicle and we were both oh, seat belted in. And it did. It made
0: me mad at first, yeah. but it made me
1: mad because he, t- he like was, he nailed you it, you know, jumping on a nerve, you know, touching a nerve mm. and it's true. And so, um, I don't always like getting feedback when I know I'm in the wrong, but oh I definitely God, don't like getting army explained either and so what ryan ended up telling me was this uh, framework that they use in this master resiliency training and it's called acr and that stands for active and constructive responding and we're going to link to it in the show notes but basically there's four it's almost like a little quadrant of how you can respond to somebody kelly do you want to take a couple of those and then i can do a few
0: um yeah so okay so think of this you guys as like a grid um and across one axis ax-y, ax-y? no an axis um, you've got destructive and constructive and then on the other side of that is active and passive so for example if you want to pair constructive and active listening habits together what that looks like is enthusiastic support eye contact and authentic engagement so phrases like great news i knew you do it how do you feel because um, you're 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 very much engaged in in um, involved in what it, whatever news or whatever it is that the person told you, um, and it and stays on f- focused on the
1: speaker. Like it's always yeah. continued
0: continue to focus on the speaker of who's sharing the news. Totally not like oh my god, I won that award two, three years ago, right? Like so you're right. You're very much just. Focus on them, asking them to draw out more detail, more about how they're feeling. Um, And that's a really supportive place to come from. On the flip side of that, we're still constructive. So we're still, you know, being positive and affirming to the person. Um, The passive side of that is low energy, a delayed response, and a more quiet um, reply. So they've got little smiley faces. And the first one was a big happy face. This one's kind of a flat face, like a meh face. (laughs) And the phrasing or language that might sound... um, that goes along with that is oh cool that's nice good for you <laughs> but does um, that language not feel dismissive to
1: you or um,
0: disengaged yeah my god for sure but you know what's funny is that i can totally relate to those types of replies at least as far as the low energy delayed response goes maybe not those words those are not very nice that's not a very nice way to receive any sort of news <laughs> um but i definitely relate to needing to delay a response sometimes because I'm processing it. Um, So I could see where that might be one of my trappings. Um, So I'll let you talk about the destructive forms of those. um,
1: Right. So if we're looking at the grid, Kelly has done like the top two. She's done the constructive active, which is the best case scenario and the constructive passive, which is the next best. I'm going to take the destructive ones. The the (laughs) first one, which is kind of like the, oh, face is destructive active. And the description of that is you are quashing the event. This one is literally labeled being dismissive and even demeaning. Like, well, I don't believe you. And well, that sounds stressful. Like kind of
0: mm, poo pooing on it, Downer. as I said. Debbie Debbie Downering. Aww. Yeah,
1: negative, negative. So that's the active destructive or destructive active. <laughs> and then the last one, which is like the absolute worst. And I'm going to raise my hand here. This Aww. is what I did to Ryan that day on um, this little conversation we were having and it's destructive passive or passive destructive and it focuses, uh, turns the focus inward. You are avoiding or ignoring the speaker and the language for that one would sound something like this. Huh, well, I just got a new video game or whatever. (laughs) And in his case, he was telling me something and I immediately turned it to like a story about when I dealt with the exact same thing. And what he reminded me of was he wasn't, needing another story to like affirm. He just needed to tell me and wanted me to feel a way about it and just yeah. let him have the attention, I guess.
0: Let him have his moment. He needed a moment. Um, he did. Yeah, it's tricky and it's hard to, I think too, I I mean, I'm going to go back to it. I feel like sometimes, in, especially in our marriages and in our families, it's our safe space. Um, right. So we're not trying as hard when really we should be. Um, And I think, I know I'm guilty of that. Like with the kids, even I could find myself definitely being passive constructive. I try not to be destructive with them, but I'm sure that's something that they will tell the therapist about someday. Um, You know, I'm guilty of back to episode six, being stuck in my phone. They're telling me something stupid that happened at school that they think was just the coolest thing. And I'm like, Oh, cool. That's nice. <laughs> Sounds like you had a fun day, but I'm not really engaged. Like I'm not that genuinely excited for them. So I have to try to work on that because they only have their lens with which to view things. So, and I'm supposed True. to be their biggest cheerleader. Um, so that is that's definitely kind of a gut check for me for sure. Um And then, yeah, with your spouse too, like, and a, but honestly, you could stretch this into work. Like so even though you are putting on the face and trying maybe a little harder, Um, with professional colleagues or networking or even friendships that are, you know, less protected, so to speak. Um, Yeah, I think you could fall into these traps or maybe presenting like false support. I wonder where that would fall if it's inauthentic. (laughs) I guess maybe it's still the person is still thinking that you're listening. Maybe that still counts as constructive, active. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, and I told you even before we recorded this, just I do notice myself doing this. And I would tell you that my motives are never, it's not that I'm just trying to talk about myself. I feel like I'm always motivated. And this is my Enneagram six of like relating to you, mm. young mom, friend, you're pregnant. Oh, well, let me tell you about this time when I was pregnant. And oh, I, I even did yes. it in our last episode. You talk, you're starting to talk about a horseback riding thing and I'm hijacking it, telling about my, my no, that funny horseback horror, <laughs> horror story. So yeah, I don't know where that line is of contributing to a conversation and saying, yeah, me too. Here's a time. And I feel like as women, we do that a lot. Like we volley back and forth with our storytelling as a way of listening.
0: So I personally think it has to do more with being uncomfortable with silence than anything else. Like I think that we just, maybe it's Western society. I don't know how far, how broad this reaches, but I feel like we're just not okay with silence it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, what are we supposed to make eye contact? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. So I was listening to a, one of my podcasts that I love to listen to and, um, it's a therapist and then some really feely people. And, uh, the, the guy shared something pretty vulnerable. Um, and it was something that was relatable enough that almost anyone listening would have a story to rebound with. Um, right. but the therapist just said, I think he even asked her a question and she was like, I'm sorry, I don't want to answer just yet because I still want to process what you shared. Wow. And she literally just like breathed and did this like sigh. That's not normal. Like that would get weird looks nowadays, (laughs) you know what I mean? But it was really beautiful and I'd love to see that being kind of set as a precedent. I don't know if I'm capable of that, but it'd be something cool to try. Like, actually, I don't want to respond right now. Let me just, can I just sit with what you shared and let me gather my thoughts and then we'll continue. Um, but not to be the devil's advocate, but doesn't that even to some degree bring
1: it back to you?
0: Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I am so enlightened and in, in peace with myself that. <laughs> I just have to sit with this.
1: I want to see how I feel. No, I mean, I get it. Maybe. And like, I just, yeah. There are times when I'm listening to a story and I, I actively try to say things like, wow, that must be really hard. Mm -hmm. Or man, how did that make you feel? Mm. But I do think because in our lifestyle, we're constantly meeting new people and we're trying to like get close quickly. And I don't know, there's this unwritten or unspoken, like system, not system, but I don't know, like we're just, we're having to cut through the fat. And so, well, let me tell you this quick story and that's that's going to tell you a lot, you know, about who
0: I am. So that's funny that you bring up tempo because that is one thing that I noticed early on. And I think now that I've gotten a bit older, I've gotten better at gauging what conversations are going to go where, right? Like you kind of know ahead of time, okay, I'm talking to this person. I know this person has little kids and she's chasing them and she did not have time. For a 20-minute conversation that's not interrupted. Right. She going to get interrupted. So what am I willing to get into? Like it's not – I don't need to call that person for this whole, you know, long thing that I need like undivided attention for because it's just going to frustrate me. Um, So I either need to be able to break it up into snippets, (laughs) like Instagram story style, (laughs) you know, or communicate in a different way. Um, You know, we can talk – since we're talking communication, we can talk all about channels um, and different – ways of being able to get your message across without the noise and the feed, you know, be able to have good feedback. Um, so maybe a face-to-face conversation isn't feasible for every relationship. Maybe it needs to look like something else. And that's one thing that's kind of cool about some of the technology that we have, because you can take the pause and you're not face-to-face. So you can digest the information and be conscious and intentional about the way you respond. Um, Unfortunately, in real life, in real time, it's a bit harder because uh, your right. brain is always like you're, you stop listening halfway through the story and you're, how do I relate? How do I relate? What's my story? It doesn't even have to be top of mind. You could be like grasping for a story to throw in, to keep yourself relevant in the conversation and certain personality types are going to be more guilty of that than others. I love how you brought up. It's a community forcing function for you. Because um, I think that's not something some people would see. Don't, please don't hear this wrong way. But some people would see it maybe as selfish. But I do believe that your intentions are in a way trying to bond um, with the person speaking. Shared experiences are big. But um, and then other people are going to be more reserved just in general.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to ask kind of a follow on to what you said, like as you're meeting people and as you're listening in that tempo, do you find as you're listening that you are picking up information and then making a Mm-hmm. decision like mm-hmm. oh eh. oh a
0: judgment you can say it it's a yeah. judgment a judgment um, yeah and then yeah. like in
1: your head are you like dismissing like well this isn't gonna go very far because she just <laughs> let that out of the bag and that's we're not gonna jive on that
0: so. I don't want to admit to that but yeah I think on some level yes um we all do it probably. everybody's time is precious um you know and it, I don't I, that's not something that I'm gonna sit and say I'm proud of but yeah I think I think it does happen I know that um the depth of certain conversations can be easily judged like pretty quickly. Like how deep is this going to go? Um, you know, I've met some people that we got real, real quick and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm in, you know, like you can kind of tell and, and adapt. I also know when sometimes people don't want me to talk, they just want to get stuff off their chest. I'm fine with that too. So long as I know, as Mm -hmm. know, it's coming, or I know that we've established that in our relationship, because there are going to be moments like that where you just need to be the vent, um, you know, mom's my vent, right? Like that's just like, and right. she used to ask me all the time. She still does. Did you just need to talk that out, or do you want advice? Um, and I think that's yeah. a great way to preface hard conversations where you need someone to listen. It's just hey. hey, I really value your advice, but right now I just need to vent. I need to get this out. Yeah, um, and I
1: think Ryan and I have that rapport in marriage too. Like. Uh, early, early on, he would try to fix, you know, Mm -hmm. I would say, Hey, this, this, and this. And he would say, well, you know, you should do this and that. And now I think we both have gotten into that. Hey, like I just need to vent, like you said, or I don't really need you to try to fix anything here. I just need somebody to have a, you know, empathetic listening ear. And so that is good to kind of Make that known up front.
0: Oh, I love doing that. So my possible my daughter specifically, I think emotions are complicated for her. Like she just she just doesn't like them, and they're very intense when they come on. So she'll get upset about something, and there've been times where she's like crying her eyes out, and she's like, "I'm like, what do you need from me?" She's like, "I just need a hug." I'm like, "You want to talk about it? No, or like, what's going on? What are you feeling?" She's like, "I actually don't know." Um, I just need a hug. And the, or she'll vent about, you know, something silly that happened on the playground, whatever. And I'm like, and she's nine, you guys, just to give a frame of reference. Um, And I'm like, she'll tell me. and I'm like, OK, well, I have an idea about why that happened. I also have some advice for you, but I don't know if you're in a place. Do you want to hear it yet? And she was like, no, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so yeah. next level that you're even aware enough to ask her. Well, because I've been shut down. I've gotten my head snapped off a few times by her because <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I didn't ask you to fix it or I did. She gets defensive really easily. Mm-hmm. She's super quick to get defensive. Um, so I have to be really careful and tiptoe around it and just be like, yeah. what are you? Are you, is it safe? <laughs> yeah. And I find myself doing that
1: with my kids too, but I feel like it's this. I don't want to feel like I'm thinking for them. I want to mm-hmm. help them begin to think for themselves. And like you say, you know, well, I know how I would solve this, but mm-hmm. if you, you want that advice, I'll happily give it. But if you don't, like, this right. is a great opportunity for you to work through this yourself and I you love know. that but that's tough when yeah. you feel like you know it all sometimes that I mean really I do, hard things to do
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's hard it's um, tough to hold that back yeah <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I know have you seen the movie baby mama with Tina Fey a long and, time uh, ago polar yeah Well, Steve Martin plays this, like, I don't know, some kind of guru in it. And he does this thing in the movie where he says, I will now award you with 10 seconds of my direct eye contact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like, very intensely. I feel like that's almost like another way of listening. Like, you've got my attention. I'm right here. Oh, that's uncomfortable (laughs) and a little creepy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, like you were saying that we don't know what to do with silence. That's true. Does make us uncomfortable.
0: It's true, and also if you have big personalities in the room, if it's more than just a one-on-one conversation, people are always kind of vying for that space to occupy that like real estate. Um, I I get frustrated with that sometimes in like larger meetings or things like that where people just talk to fill the space. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, we've all been there, right? It's just like, oh my god, yeah. that added nothing. You literally repeated what the last person said. You know, there's no need. We can we could have just left early. Like there's no need for yeah. that. But people are like vying for that opportunity to like step in and have said something or made the minutes or whatever. So um they're not listening. They're planning their next yeah. statement or their question or their whatever. And they're probably missing out on some of the meat of the conversation.
1: Yeah. And I guess that's kind of where I come from and probably more in a public setting than with like Ryan or my spouse or my kids. Like I I don't feel like I just ramble off, you know, like if I'm going to say something, I feel like it needs to be something I'm confident and I'm speaking truth and then like contributing. So I think when I do that, I have that habit of like, well, me too, or here's my story. I do that in a more intimate setting with Mm. Ryan or a close friend in a one-on-one conversation, not – Like, hey, guys, let me take the stage here. And uh, there was even an Instagram thing I shared over the last couple of weeks about introverts. And it talks about how um, people, she referred to people as energy vampires. (laughs) Like they suck the energy out of you. And I'm like, yes, I get that. (laughs) And I don't want to be, I'm so... I feel like I try to be conscious to not be that person. Mm-hmm. But then now I'm like, well, maybe I am. I hope people don't leave Aww, being around me no. feeling like, golly, she just couldn't stop with the stories. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so I also think the older we get, the more we've amassed as far as stories and material yeah. goes. So it's kind of hard. Um, and I think you can't help also, especially when you mentioned like new moms or young, like um, my hairdresser. Just had a baby, and she didn't care how I had my babies, but somehow I felt compelled to tell her both my birth stories. Right, um, and you know that's a mom thing. Like you can, you need to sit down and you need to hear this. It's like a, it's like a legacy mm-hmm. you got to pass on. But um she didn't care. She didn't. She wasn't asking yeah. my opinion on birth plans, but I had to give it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you felt better after you did. I did.
0: I felt like I equipped her with some information that she didn't have and it probably she anyway, but yeah. Do you feel like you changed your mind? No, I think she, she was, she was doing the, hold on the, the constructive passive. Oh, cool. That's nice. That sounds nice.
1: (laughs) Well, here's, here is the real question. And we are obviously it's a rhetorical question because we cannot get real time verbal feedback from people listening I wonder if people just think that about this podcast. We're just going on and on.
0: Well, the beauty is we're not responding to people. So it's just the two of us. I can cut you off. You can cut me off. It's totally fine. We're still friends at the end of the day. (laughs) That's true. What's crazy is like editing. I notice how much I do it to you. Um, I think it's actually we've started getting better at like handing off. I don't know. Maybe people listening have a different opinion on that, but I think we've gotten better at like passing off the baton versus like, oh, I got a story and I got a story and I got a story because it was not. Yeah, I was really bad at it to begin with. So well, I think we're. I'm bad at. We're it improving. Too. We're getting better. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we
1: stumbled upon an article in our preparation for this episode from Psychology Today, and of course, it'll be linked, but it's called The Art of Listening, How Open Are Your Ears? And if you know Kelly and I, you know, we love us some quizzes and assessments, um, even though they're not always reliable. This particular article has a nine statement assessment, and it was so funny because as we were reading through it and taking it, we started sensing like descriptors and characteristics mm-hmm. of each of the enneagram types. Yep. So do we want to go through this like and just kind
0: of freestyle on the different I love how you're like statements. off the cuff and I'm like no I didn't write it down I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um mm, I tell you what. I will let's read them out and then we'll say which types may or may not suffer more with instead of overlaying one each one individually. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. And again, the little caveat, we're not no, experts please. here, so don't
1: get mad at no. us if we say, you know, something that doesn't resonate with your type. We're
0: just hashing it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so the first pro- – so the, the idea here is, and again, take this quiz. Let us know your score. If you take it, we'll link it um, so you can do it later. You're supposed to score yourself uh, between a 1 and a 5, so it's it, – does not ring true for me at all as the one. And then the five is the statement is totally true. So, you know, you've got the spectrum. Um, the three is like the neutral. Um, okay. So the first statement is I prefer talking to listening to what others may say. So I prefer talking to listening to what others may say. And that's not true at all or totally true. Do you want to share your scores? Sure. Okay. We took this right before we got on. Um, I'll go first since I just threw you under the bus. Um, I said that I mildly agree with that um, because I do feel like I am more quiet than not. Not on the podcast, but in real life.
1: <laughs> I did a three on that. Partly agree, partly disagree, because for me, it's audience who I'm with.
0: True. Okay. Um, all right. The second one. Oh, well, we didn't we'll do enneagram types. Enneagram. So what do you, what do you think on that one?
1: I'm thinking maybe a little bit of a seven on that
0: or an eight okay. even. Oh, I like eight for that one. The challenger. Let's I'm gonna put them over here and see if we manage to like get Cover all, all. the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um the second statement, it mostly doesn't occur to me to ask questions. Oh, um, i put a one
1: for that. Yeah, that is that was not true, true
0: at too. all. <laughs> I am like every, I'm thinking of questions while you're talking. Um, yeah. Not necessarily as a challenge, but just points of clarification. Always, yes. always, always. Same. I need more data. So I guess that could be a five Um, or a six, I guess.
1: No, because yeah. that says it doesn't occur to us to ask questions. It does. Oh,
0: uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for right, the Enneagrams.
1: The so I'm thinking, I don't know. Uh, nine maybe or the two, the, or, two or two I was thinking a two is the other one just like don't really want to ask questions I'm just gonna dive in here and help you the third one says when others are talking I'm often thinking about what I'll say next that'd be a big five <laughs> for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> I put um what did I put I put a four because yeah I'm guilty of that mainly because I want to seem competent um, that I'm paying attention, that I have something relevant to offer. So I'm always kind of searching for, yeah, a, a a story, a reference that I can pull out.
1: So maybe that is a very five or six thing. And a lot of times the thing I'm thinking to say next is a clarifying question or a, so what did you think? How did that make you feel? Or what did you do next? Or, mm-hmm. you know, so. Mm-hmm. I, but I am always thinking I'm, I'm, I feel like that's an active listening technique though. So what other types is would you active? assign? constructive (laughs) no probably not but what other types would you put with that when others Um, are talking I'm often thinking about what I will say next
0: I mean you know honestly it could be just about anybody right like seven I could see um mm, I could see an eight not
1: I could see a a one one, even if like they're trying to add in a a point of clarification or critique or
0: a three for sure um yeah. Yeah, I could see any of those. Um, all right, let's move on to the fourth one. And this one says, the main point of talking is to impress people or at least entertain them. So what was your score for that one?
1: For that one, I gave myself a four. Hmm. But I don't think, I think I may have misunderstood that one because I don't think I, maybe I'm more of a three on that.
0: So I put a one for that one. Um, May seem otherwise, but that's not my core intention. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and as far as enneagram type, what do you think?
1: Well, I feel like a seven, like mm. kind of the entertainer, the you know, for my next trick. But I'm, um, but also yeah. I can see a four, kind of the the. In I don't know, like maybe their uniqueness, they're yeah. wanting to.
0: Yeah, but that may for be sure. more
1: of like a nuance of introvert and extrovert because I know a four introvert mm-hmm. that I would not say that's true of her, right? But I know of a four extrovert that I would. So yeah,
0: I so I like three for it also. Three mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. How does this advance my agenda or my standing, um, or my or my um, perception or mm-hmm.
1: popularity? Or so true. Reputation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Num- yep. Number five is. My perspective is usually right, so if others disagree, I convince them to see it my way.
0: <laughs> and put a four. <laughs> I
1: would say a one. Really? A one? Oh, you? No, you wrote a one. I'm I sorry. I put a three. <laughs> I put a three for that. Um, my number I gave myself was a three. I hope we're so, not confusing people with all these. Oh, we, I'm sure we are. That.
0: It's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> so you partially yeah. agree, partially dis- disagree, and then I yeah. mildly agree. Um, although I have to say, like, I don't really care if I convince people, but I definitely want both perspectives to be fully fleshed out. So at least have the opportunity to present the argument, I think is important. Um, I also
1: feel like I don't usually put something out there unless I believe it to be right. Like,
0: you Mm. know, kind of that. That's true. Yeah. So you've got, you've got a an easier barometer because you're not just spewing nonsense. <laughs> and but again, that's all in my
1: own head. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And again, y'all, we're telling like from our hearts, not necessarily what people perceive. So <laughs> if we quiz somebody else about us, it can be totally different. Mm-hmm. Um. So as far so the as... the next one. Well, wait. Go so ahead. Enneagram type on that one. Perspective is usually right. So if others disagree, I convince them to see it my way.
1: A one. Mm-hmm. At least the first part of that is true of a one. Their perspective mm-hmm. is usually right. Like they're the perfectionists and the Mm -hmm. reformers and
0: i also like eight for that um just because they're they're just such powerful, assertive, kind of like, nope, this is what we're doing. This is the right, this is where we're going with this thing. And you guys are going to follow me because I'm in charge now. <laughs> um, and maybe it's a sixth thing too. And we use
1: that as uh-huh. that convincing piece as our relatability and our- to rally. Yeah. Our, our claws into the community or to that like safety. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Number six says, it bothers me.
0: When people get their facts wrong that's my one go of, for that I scored that one a five I totally Same. agree <laughs> like say whatever you want but don't proclaim something as fact and it is not true
1: <laughs> so <laughs> what guess. level of what level of um comfortability with someone do you have to have to correct them if somebody not, like says something a wrong
0: <laughs> not a lot <laughs> um mm. Mm, mm. <laughs> It depends. I mean, you know, like a perspective can't be wrong, right? An opinion isn't necessarily wrong. But if, you know, someone's telling me the earth is flat, like, no, no, (laughs) because you're doing a disservice to everyone else that's in earshot.
1: And you know what has made me so much worse about that? Google. Because if somebody says something and and I know it's wrong, I will on the spot Google it from my phone and I'm like, nope, I was right. I was right. And it's almost like yeah that's terrible terrible <laughs> Is i'm liking myself less <laughs> we're
0: gonna as this be depressed after this yeah we're gonna <laughs> need
1: to so talk for that one. one the statement bothers me when people get their facts wrong what other enneagram types would we overlay with
0: that well so i'm gonna say fives as as observers and investigators um and then i would say for sure the one the reformer um because yeah. that's just something that doesn't settle with them at all um yeah, yeah. Okay, number – the seventh – we have so many numbers. The seventh question says, it is important to point out when people are wrong about something. So I feel like that goes back to the, next, the one before it, but I think it, we're talking about yeah. now opinions, perceptions versus facts. Um, so, okay, so what did you say for that one?
1: I said a four that I agree. It does bother me, but I don't always – correct or assert my opinion again if it's something like non-provable if it's just your perspective or your Mm -hmm. ideals or ideology it's one of those i'm gauging in my head like is this worth like separating a relationship or putting distance in a relationship
0: good point yeah yeah so i said two i mildly Mm -hmm. disagree on that one kind of for the same reasons which is funny because my previous one was the highest score possible and this one is rather low but yeah I'm with you like if you disagree with me cool you're entitled to that so I'm not trying to convince you like to come over but yeah I think you're right I think it gets recategorized like okay you think the Earth is flat? You can yeah. chill over there. That's totally cool. <laughs> well, and I know
1: one of the one of the key core characteristics of a six is we are always looking for where we do agree with people. Mm. Like we're that's a part of our safety focus, and we're kind of looking at where we can agree. So, I guess that may be a positive way of looking at that. Is when somebody yeah. in your mind wrong. I don't always just dismiss the person or dismiss the thought, but say like well, where where are the points we can agree on, or like, what can we have consensus on?
0: But to the six, the differences, yeah. And to the six, that could actually be like the counterphobic. So if people are right. wrong about something that threatens your group, your stability, your security, that's important to call yeah. out. Um, yeah, so I could see that definitely falling for both of those.
1: Number eight is most people are boring, so I usually <laughs> do most of the talking.
0: What'd you put on that one? <laughs> um, okay, so I have a problem with the the sentence structure because <laughs> I, I kind of agree with most people are boring sometimes. God, that sounds awful. Um, but I don't necessarily do most of the talking. So I ended up scoring that one a two, which is mildly disagree um, because, you know, well, yeah, I, I don't maybe I'm just not going to engage in that group conversation or that thing or whatever it is. And and that, if I'm bored, that's on me. That's not on the group. Like that's right. me and my interest and my, yeah, maybe I chose to attend yeah. the wrong thing.
1: <laughs> and would you agree or disagree that those of us in the head triad have really high, a high threshold for what keeps our interest, you know, because we are exposed mm. to so many things. Maybe. Like a lot feels boring to us because we're, you know, needing that yeah. mental stimulus.
0: Yeah, it could be, could be for sure. Yeah, so I, I see Enneagram 7 here um, just because they're so kind of jumping from topic to topic to topic. So even though maybe the topic itself like substantially isn't boring, maybe they're just over it and want to talk about something else. Um, yeah. and I can see on. an
1: 8 too, or at least an mm-hmm. 8 I know that kind of dominates some of the yeah. talking.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Um, okay, so the last one is, when my body tries to talk to me with pain or other discomforts, I tune it out.
1: I gave that one a two.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. I gave that one. Well, I had five. I scratched it out and said four because I'm getting older and my body is starting to talk more loudly it's talking to me. More. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, like, I, as a... F- <laughs> As an Enneagram 5, up in my head, I'm most disconnected from my body. So I don't pay attention to it. Like, I can, I have realized that I have to set a timer on my phone to eat lunch or I won't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm super entrenched in something, um, I'll look up and it's two o'clock and I'm like, oh my God, I've had three cups of coffee today and that was it. Um, it's not healthy. Like, I'm not, that's not, I'm not, mm. saying I wish I, do I could do, do that. that more. <laughs>
1: I can tell you, I have never <laughs> set a timer to tell myself <laughs> to eat. <laughs>
0: Well, now, Maybe I'm not that's saying my it's really bad because <laughs> I'll go downstairs and, like, anything that I see, I'm, like, ravenously, it's not a good habit. but um, And yeah. I've heard that from other fi- type fives that are just way huh. stuck up in their heads, like, you know, paying attention to lack of sleep, fatigue, ailments, random new symptoms. We let those go for longer. Um, we're just not as mm-hmm. attuned to them. So I'm going to say that's a hardcore Enneagram 5 uh, struggle for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I was going to say –
1: Partially funny funny funnily enough, it is the number nine statement and I think that's mm, maybe true yeah. of a lot of nines. But I think yeah. they're very in tune with their body. Maybe they tune it out, but to me they are yeah. super sensitive to
0: the body disruptions things. Yeah, be they mm-hmm. physical or otherwise. Yeah, no, I like that. So okay, so we're, we're going to go over our total score. So the idea here is you go through, you know, you rank them one through five for each one, and then we add them up. And I'm so glad I didn't scroll down uh, to see the point totals before we did this because I definitely would have tried harder <laughs> to get mm-hmm. in the, the good ranges. Um, so, okay, Claire, what was your score? Well, I actually want to before I tell my score, oh, no. <laughs> I want us to give
1: the little the little breakdown. So. Okay. If anybody got below a 20 out of all that, you're like super strong listener. Um, You're on the very high end, very aware, strong listening skills. The scores in the range of about 25 can tend to be like average or the top end of normal. If you have a score above a 25, it means that you have significant room for improvement And then a score of 35 or more indicates significant listening deficits. So 25 is the average. Below 20, you're great. Above 25, room for improvement. Above 35, you're terrible. You need <laughs> you
0: need a lot of help.
1: So my score was a 30. Nice. So I'm like definitely needing a lot of improvement.
0: You win. You win. Um, so I no, got – I don't think this is a <laughs> thing to win. What about you? Um, I got a 26. So I'm not far behind. I am I am right there with you. So but you know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say that we're fairly self aware and we are super honest. (laughs) Okay. And those have to count for something. Maybe that could count as like a handicap in our point score. And we
1: no we're too critical of ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And (laughs) there was there were two as we went through it. I I knocked my point down by one. So I guess I would be more like a twenty eight. Oh, that's cheating. No. Well I guess Yeah, I was just clarifying the numbers. But Mm -hmm. yeah, either way, I'm still needing help. Like, I need to get some duct tape to cover this mouth up.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. Um, So let's, like, I really quickly want to just run through some of these um, actual, like, labels that they put on the problematic listening patterns. Um, Okay. Because these things have names. You guys, we, like, we know that we do these things. We just don't know what they're called. Um, So, Claire, do you want to give a brief, like, overview of those? Okay,
1: so there's basically three problematic listening types. The first is non-responsive listening, which is like the constructive mm-hmm. passive, one, right? Like you're just, you don't say anything. You just kind of sit there like a knot on a log and um, maybe they've listened, maybe they've not, but the poor outcome or the ultimately poor outcome is that you are undernourished in your personal connections. So that is the non-responsive listening. The second type is listening like a goalie, which is what Kelly and I felt. Were you raising your hand? Or no,
0: you I was pop, Sorry, I was popping my shoulder. Okay, I was raising my hand. <laughs> my body was I telling this. me <laughs> But yes, I do this too.
1: So this one's listening like a goalie, and it's the here's what's wrong with what you said tactic. And um, instead of listening to learn, we are either listening to negate or mm. listening to add back in uh, something else. And then the final one is rebound listening Whatever you say, a rebound listener grabs the spotlight and brings the conversation back to himself or herself.
0: Mm. I do that too. So, so those guilty. of the negatives. Yeah, so guilty of the rebound, but I think I'm more guil- guilty of the non-responsive. Um, and again, mm. you know, that's just the way that I process things, especially if I am listening intently. I'm probably listening to you more closely if I'm non-responsive than anything else, truthfully. Mm. But it's not an excuse because it's telling me in black and white that that hurts connections and hurts your relationships. So that is definitely something that I'm going to try to work on. Um, some of the bad habits, or no, effective habits, sorry, um, are hungry listening. Hungry listener has an appetite for learning other perspectives, which is really cool. Hunting is the other one. And that's exploring with open-ended how and what questions. So Claire tells me something. How does that make you feel? Or what are you going to do about that? <laughs> um, gathering is thinking out loud about what you've heard um, so that you can um, kind of nourish the new data. So i think feel like I'm better at that than maybe some of the other ones. It's just chewing on what you've been told um, and playing out right. different scenarios.
1: And I love that one. I often will use that um, and say things like, well, let me see if I heard you correctly. Mm. What I heard you mm-hmm. say is, and I, Ryan and I try to do that a lot, like in the heat of an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll And he can agree or disagree. Like, no, that's not what I right. said. Or yes, that's, that's what I said. So I love that idea of gathering, yeah. like so that's, helping to...
0: I think about Brene. Yeah. Sorry. See, I just did it. (laughs) I was rebounding. Um, But I think about Brene Brown and her, the story I'm telling myself. So actually physically Mm -hmm. telling someone, like, we have this discussion, whatever you hear, and you say, okay, well, I heard you say this, but the story I'm telling myself is that you said X, Y, and Z, which obviously is hardly ever the case. But it also gives that person a chance to rebut it and say, no, what I meant was this. You're attaching all these emotions and stories to it that um, just aren't there. So... Great. Um, and clarifying is the last, nope, that's the fourth one. Clarifying, um, are questions like how or what? Um, but it requests further information, especially when it's something that's unclear. So that was kind of one of the, the questions earlier is, you know, do you ask questions? And we were saying that we do that for clarification and it literally says information is power and misunderstandings are powerful sources of upsets. So it's good to kind of hash those things out in the moment instead of later on. Um, and then the last one is porous listening, and that refers to the extent, which is to which there are openings in a membrane. So um, that kind of, to me, says like allowing for the quiet spaces and the pauses, um, and it also allows for deeper connections, intimacy, and um, being capable of interesting conversations. So, just again, you don't have to jump in, you don't have to move on to a new topic. You can just kind of let there be some spaces there. And so maybe our next episode is silence.
1: We record like 40 minutes of silence (laughs) and we just listen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or we do long breathy pauses and everyone gets uncomfortable and never listens again.
1: (laughs) Well, and I feel like in the moment of this, I'm like, okay, here are some ways to do better, be better. And maybe I'll do it for a little while. And then you know, old habits die hard. But the good thing is, is like being aware of it. That's just, this is another level of consciousness and awareness. And so that's all we can hope for is to just try again and do (laughs) your best to be a good listener. Yeah, we got this. So we wanted to quickly touch back on episode nine, our squad goals retreat. I don't know about you, Kelly, but I came back from that retreat feeling great
0: right i had the best stories and the best selfies and yes it was amazing yes
1: (laughs) it was fun so we wanted to um touch back to that episode's advice and kind of score ourselves and see how we did and then we want to end today's episode with our advice going forward so kelly what was your advice from episode nine and how did you respond
0: so I challenged myself to kind of take a look at my list of people that I was super excited to hang out with and my dream list of my squad goals of everyone that I wanted to um, invite and bring along to the retreat. And what I wanted to try to do is like identify similarities between my like dream list and my actual list, like my actual people. Um, and I didn't do that like person by person, but I noticed that there was a trend in some of my... Um, my, my dream list, my squad, um, that I was really kind of attracted to, um, kind of like the working mom, like the mm-hmm. professional mom, the woman that's out there, like killing it and doing it well with grace, who's authentic and vulnerable and transparent. Um, and just like breaking down barriers and doing awesome stuff. So um, yeah, I've kind of started to kind of personally recognize some of those people in my life. I won't go through names or anything here, but um, it was really a cool experiment because I was able to um, take stock of what I have and some of the really amazing influences that I have in my life already um, and be appreciative. So Yeah. And even like maybe model those things or
1: kind of adapt some of their characteristics or habits or
0: yeah. Or just tell them like you're amazing. <laughs> Keep yeah. it up. Which they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm fa- you know, I'm failing at life. So just giving each other the boost that we all yes. kind of need from time to time is important. So yeah.
1: I love it. I love it. My advice from that episode was to think through the different elements of the retreat, like the rest, the recreation, the spiritual time, the learning, and identify what areas of my life need more of that, even if I can't go on a physical retreat somewhere. And after thinking through that a little bit more, I realized the main deficit for me is fun and recreation and um, just the enjoyment of life. And so what I did, and some of this was in the works of being planned, but coming up in a few months, um, the kids and I are meeting my mom and dad in Houston for a week and we are going to do like a little, you know, city exploration and do some fun stuff, things that are fun to us. And, um, I think I also noticed that for me, I have to often get out of town for that to happen. And I need to figure out more ways for that to like, be part of my day-to-day life but for whatever reason I have not ever really been super successful at incorporating that in my own little like cocoon so I gotta leave town to do it but that's okay better that than not at all
0: well I mean you leave the town you leave your house you leave your responsibilities your obligations and you can truly kind of detach which I think is important so yay have fun you know who you need to connect with in Houston. Yes. I okay, do. good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe all right, I'll cool. see her while I'm there. Yay. Yeah. You
1: all right. So we want to close out today's episode, episode ten on listening, and we want to give some advice. I'll start with mine. I think my advice to myself is going to be slow down. Take a deep mm. breath. When you're in a conversation, I'm in all kinds of like Bible study groups and, and women's groups and neighborhood groups and all these things. And so instead of just feeling like I'm You know, nobody's asking me to just dive in with my opinion. I'm going to just take a breath and stop, like, stop, drop, and roll before I decide to chime (laughs) in. I like that. What about
0: you? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. And it kind of plays in with mine. So I'm reading as a part of a book club right now, Um, Brene Brown. You guys, I know I'm sorry, but I'm obsessed Um, her book Dare to Lead and it's kind of the vulnerability stuff but applied to uh, professional and team settings and she actually gets into the challenge of listening well um, a little Mm -hmm. bit so some of her tips though to do this is just um, especially when somebody is talking um, when they first start talking like stop and listen like really listen stop trying to think of your next thing Um, if you have an insight she says hold it um, don't do that thing where the listener starts nodding faster and faster, not because they're oh, actually listening. That. Yeah, me too. But because they're trying to unconsciously signal the talker to wrap up so they can talk. Ooh. I know. Talk Kelsey. about
1: passive aggressive. I know. It's so
0: true though. <laughs> like you know, I've noticed it. So I do these video interviews a lot with Millie and, um, I'm always, I can see my, like, I'll switch the camera back to the split screen because I'm ready to say something. <laughs> as a signal for them to like take a breath terrible. Um, but to keep space in the conversation, which we've already kind of talked about. Um, and then some of the, some of the things that she also points out is to be sure to still set boundaries. Um, especially when we're talking about tough conversations. So, um, being angry is okay, but yelling is not right. So even though you're trying to be an active listener and, um, constructive and all that doesn't always mean the other party is, and there doesn't mean that they're there for that. So it's okay for you to set boundaries and make sure that you're not getting kind of railroaded. Um, I know we're tired and stressed. This has been a long meeting. Being frustrated is okay. Interrupting people and rolling your eyes is not okay. Um, (laughs) emotion is okay. Passive aggressive comments and put downs are not okay. Um, so I just kind of like that because I I know we're talking kind of like, um, great relationship building conversations every day, like coffee shop kind of things, but there are also really tough conversations that require, um, good listening skills as well. So you need to be sure, especially if you're going to engage in something that's tough, tougher to talk about. Um, that you set some ground rules and some boundaries and that you, Mm. you don't have to be there for a conversation that goes in a direction that you're not prepared to handle. So, and you can always step away from it. So yeah. So my, my advice to myself is just to, uh, to not do the nod, the head noddy thing (laughs) to hurry up and signal someone to I'm so bad about
1: that. Right? So (laughs) bad about that. Oh in fact, I have a friend. We joke all the time. Um, anytime I'm hearing like a lecture or like a at a museum or like the docent is talking, everybody's tuning them out. But I usually get close to the front and make direct eye contact and <laughs> I nod. But it's in a way of like encouraging well, them, like yeah. yes, I'm listening. I'm still Good with job. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do, I do the nod, like
0: oh, uh-huh. so many things
1: now. to like I know, trip I know. Up get
0: tripped up on but it's so. great because now we can see them coming and we can work on it yeah, hopefully definitely so,
1: okay awesome well thanks for joining us talk again next week
0: thanks for joining us this week on advice not given for resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode head over to our website at milspogurus.com that's m-i-l-s-p-o-g-u-r-u-s If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Millspoke Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.